It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll tell you, it's Friday, and we we closing this week on a bang. I'm talking about a serious bang because, um, you know, Friday, we everybody is winding down from the week, and... Um, you know, we 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 we, we, we going to uh, um, talk to a film producer, director. I mean, everything to dealing with the uh, film industry, and he's going to educate us on how that industry is. I mean, he's top notch in his game, head of the line. And you know what? I tell you, so uh, no. So how you doing today, man? I am doing well. Glad it's Friday. Long week, but uh, I'm here and ready for another exciting show. Well, I, I tell you, um, I'm going to tell the listening audience right now that they need to sit back, grab three, four bags of popcorn. <laughs> and Michelle always say, what What you say? Get some goobers and raisinets and some M&Ms, too. Because uh, we're going to bring it, you know. So, But I, I tell you, uh, the, uh, this has been a very interesting day. I mean, I uh, started out, uh, Michelle and I went out and did our six miles like we normally do, you know, to ease and get back into going into the weekend. And uh, I had a, a great time. So and you did uh, your, your six miles, and plus you did a couple other things as well, right? Well, I did a hill workout. I went around the subdivision three times up this hill, and it was just really, really challenging me. But it was great exercise. But you see, she always tried to outdo me. I mean, and, and she always tried to outdo me. But you know what? Uh, that's the competitiveness in, in us. And, uh, and I, I believe and I encourage uh, everybody to get out there and work out every single day if you can. And. You know, to try to stay as fit as possible because, uh, you know, as you know, we're in this pandemic and we have to ensure that our immune system, our physical health and everything is, is on par so we can help fight off this uh, pandemic. But uh, uh, the main purpose today that I want to talk about, just like I said, we're going to talk about the film industry. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know a whole lot about that myself but uh so i'm in for a a learning but before we even get started i want to give everybody an opportunity to call in and join our conversation so the call in number is 1-888-344-1170 again that's 1-888-344-1170 and so uh um you know, call in, join the conversation. Uh, let's interact. Uh, let's let let Howard Nash, who's my guest tonight, let him educate us. Michelle, uh, can you tell our audience uh, a little bit about uh, today's show? Well, the film industry, I, I love the film industry. Um, the purpose of the show today is get a better understanding of the film industry, understanding the challenges um, involved with the film industry, determining the purpose behind the creation of a film, and the lessons learned before, during, and after the completion of a film. Wow. You know, so uh, my thoughts, like uh, like I always do, uh, you know, just like I said, I don't know a, a whole lot uh, uh, about this and I have very little knowledge as it relates to the film industry. But I do believe that it takes a highly created person or personnels to write, direct and produce great films. I also believe that this is a tight community of professionals that are familiar with each other crafts of making films. And just like I said, I, I got one of the best in the business. Howard Nash is going to navigate us through that. Uh, Michelle, can, can you uh, introduce our guest? Yes. Howard Nash, producer, actor, writer. Howard Nash has actively been producing 
movie since 1991. In 1993, he co-produced the hit Children of the Night, a vampire thriller released by Columbia TriStar Pictures, which aired on HBO, Showtime, Stars, and FearNet, and currently remains a regular staple on the sci-fi cable channel. His television credits include Feliciano, the legend for PBS, a one-hour music special that aired in all 50 states. He also co-produced The Deep North for CBS, a one-hour documentary special which earned him an Emmy Award nomination. This film dealt with the current state of race relations in New York City. The next 10 years included more than a dozen widely distributed films, all of which were released domestically as well as in 25 plus countries around the world. In 2008, he produced and appeared in Heaven's Messenger, a faith-based film starring John Hurd, Haley Eisenberg, and Vincent Pastore. It can be currently streamed on the Parables and Uplift TV platforms. And in 2013, he produced The Legends of Nathaya, also starring John Hur with Robert Picardo and Teresa Russell. It deals with the fantasy world of a young boy whose parents are divorcing. It was released in more than 20 countries, including the United States. In 2016, Howard produced Occupants, a paranormal thriller which was released by Sony Pictures Entertainment and which has to date secured more than 44 international film festival awards. Following Occupants, he co-produced the boxing film Tiger, starring Mickey Rourke, which opened in theaters throughout the United States in November 2018. That same month, his television special, John Leguizamo's Road to Broadway, was broadcast nationally as part of Public Broadcasting's Break Performances series. His most recent film, American Whisper, has won nine international film festival awards and is currently streaming in the United States and around the world. He is presently shooting a one-hour pilot for the Learning Channel in New York City. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Howard Nash. Welcome to the show, Howard. How you doing, my friend? How you doing? Hello. Very well. Very well. Also, add that Heaven's Messenger is also running on the uh, Amazon Prime platforms as well as Tubi TV. Wow. So, very, very important. Howard, can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, where you're from? Where are you from? Uh, originally Bronx, New York, and uh, I, um, I started out as a musician and uh, segued to becoming an actor. You know, I, the performing arts was always, uh, you know, my passion um, as a musician. I got a little tough in terms of uh, trying to, I don't know, remain uh, on good terms with uh, people because it was always a group, an orchestra, a band. And uh, finally, I just kind of stepped out of that world because uh, I think becoming an actor, if, if things went wrong, you still is still focused on yourself and you didn't have to really depend on anyone or anyone associate, you know, uh, for your day-to-day uh you know, uh, performance, um, as you would with a, with a, with a music group. Um, and then I segued, you know, to producing as a way of, uh, essentially, uh, remaining close, uh, to the performing arts, but also, you know, being able to, uh, uh, develop and, uh, you know, present film projects where possibly I could return as an actor. And, uh, Heaven's Messenger was, was the perfect example of uh, something that came, you know, on my radar and I uh, produced it, but also with the idea of also uh, uh, acting in the film as well. You know, uh, uh, you just mentioned that, but uh, what what was uh, the passion that made you want to be an actor, writer and producer or instead of just one of those things? Well, I think um, it's always been about, you know, performing and uh you know, I do, uh, I love, uh, the performing arts, um, you know, in general, you know, as a musician and as an actor, um, creating artistically was always, uh, you know, uh, an important part of just, you know, what I did. And, uh, you know, it's something that I knew very early on, I wanted to make my career, uh, you know, doing and uh, the acting subsequently, you know, went to becoming a filmmaker, um, occasionally also writing on the projects that I developed. And, 
and you know here we are um and just you know happy to be doing what i what i do and uh you know being able to pay the bills while doing it it's just you know a blessing how how long have you you been doing this i mean all three how i think we we, yes yes can you hear me now Yes. How long have you you been doing all three of these uh, uh, acting, producing, and directing? Yes. I think that, well, I I directed uh, corporate um, films early on, but I don't really direct anymore. Um, It all really started in the early 90s. That's when I, uh, uh, my first uh, film was The Deep North um, with legendary um, uh, film director William Greaves. Uh, who is known as uh, the Dean of African-American Filmmaking on the East Coast. In the 1970s and 80s, really there were only two uh, African-American filmmakers. Uh, One was uh, Gordon Parks and the other was William Greaves. And I was honored to work for him uh, on a CBS special uh, that uh, detailed race relations, um, you know, in New York City as opposed to the Deep South, it was called the Deep North. And it was uh, nominated for uh, a New York Emmy Award. Uh, we didn't win, but hey, I was nominated. So, um, you know, I was proud of that. And uh, subsequently went on to produce other uh, films and, and documentaries as well. Wow. You know what? Uh, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and talk to Howard Nash. Uh, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. And I'm James Cooley. I'll tell you, uh, if you want to join in on the conversation, uh, just like I said, uh, uh, we're going to be taking callers. 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Howard, how is your film American Whisper doing? Doing very well. Um, it's uh, proud to say, I mean, for a self-distributed indie film, we've surpassed 1 million views as of about a month ago. Um, surpassed over 1 million views, um, starting to trickle into the mainstream media uh, about the murder of an African-American family. Uh, That's still an open case. And, um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. And just I love to see, you know, the comments on social media, you know, um, by people basically you've never met, don't know, who are saying, you know, terrific positive things about the film. So uh, very, very happy, very uh excited about uh you know even increasing the the views we have so far 
That's really exciting. Congratulations on that. You mentioned that uh, American Whisper is an indie film. Maybe there might be some people out there don't know what indie films are. Can you kind of summarize what that is? Well, you know, aside from being a marketing term, you know, this is an independent film and it may not really be uh, independently produced, but it sounds good, you know, when you're marketing a film to say that it's uh, that it's an independent. But it essentially, in, in real terms, it's just a movie that's been done uh, independent of any Hollywood studio. And then it's uh, then brought back, you know, to the Hollywood community after the film is completed. So it was financed, produced, packaged, and directed, independent of any kind of Hollywood establishment, then it's an independent film. And uh, very often, you know, they promote movies as being an independent when it isn't really truly independent. It started at the, you know, at the get-go, you know, by a studio. But, uh, it, you know, the real definition is, is a film that, that was produced and completed um, independent of any kind of Hollywood establishment, you know, influence, and then brought to the film festivals after it was uh, finished. Great. Now, as the actor, writer, and producer of American Whisperer, what was the most difficult of the three and why? Well, I wasn't uh, acting in American Whisperer. I had oh. a uh, role in uh, uh, Heaven's Messenger. Um, But as a writer and a producer, it was challenging, it was scary, it was everything, uh, you know, in between. Um, uh, But, you know, it just truly wound up to be a wonderful, uh, wonderful film and a wonderful experience. Um, There were times where, you know, things got rough. Um, Not everybody is uh, always committed in the same way you you would like them to be. Um, but regardless of, you know, of any kind of uh, bumps in the road, uh, 98% of the people who were, you know, working on the film were there to do a job, and we all did it successfully, and we made it a terrific movie. Great. You know, so uh, what was the most difficult progress through the beginning of your acting and writing career and producing? And... uh, also, uh, can you give us some of the pros and cons of this or choosing this field? Well, basically, uh, of course, if you're a producer or filmmaker, if you got something going, uh, nobody questions it. They just, you know, like to see it, you know, for what it's worth. Uh, when you are an actor in your own film, uh, you do get a lot of. Uh, you know, blowback and questions. I mean, uh, you know, why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you here? But you know, eventually, you know, you kind of show I do have a background and I had an acting uh, career before doing the movie. So ultimately, is you know, especially with my fellow actors, they uh, they understood that, and it all comes down to the work. Also, uh, when you're in that first scene and you're doing, you know, your you're, you know, uh, you run through in dialogue with some of the actors, including John Hurd and Vincent Pasteur. Uh, you know, the moment of departure where the scene is going well, they don't really question you anymore. It's it's no longer difficult. You know, you're you're doing extremely well because at the end of the day, it's about the work and being committed to the work. Well, has there ever been any onset horrors while making your movies, or had the whole process gone well every time? Um, I think overall it's always gone well every time, but you have your, you know, different, uh, you know, bumps in the road. And I could say virtually with every film that I've done, it was successful, it was completed, you know, successfully. Um, Sometimes not because of certain people in the crew, but it was completed successfully despite certain people in the crew. And you can't always, especially with a low-budget independent film, uh, count on everybody doing everything that, you know, they're supposed to do. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, if, if the majority of uh, cast and crew are there to do the best job they can, and then no one or two, you know, people or egos can ever get in the way because it just, you know, overwhelms, you know, the negative and you come out with a really good project and a really good product. You know, uh, 
Howard, what is it like watching the film for the first time after you finish it? Is there any specific uh, sense of accomplishment, pride, or another feeling that you have? Well, for, you know, all of the films, it's just tremendous pride watching it for the first time. Um, As an actor, not so much, because it's very subjective. And uh, for um, Heaven's Messenger, which uh, I hope people will uh, will check out and will look at and will see, and we'll be sending them some... uh, you know, information on how to, you know, watch the movie. Um, that's never a point of pride for any actor when they watch themselves for the first time. Some actors don't even care to watch themselves at all. Uh, it's very subjective, and you basically, you know, uh, focus on the trust of other people, the people you do trust, um, to tell you how it's going, the good and the bad. Um, so as a producer, you know, I'm always proud of what I see. But as, as an actor, uh, 50-50, because it's me out there, and, uh, I, you know, I, I can't see it the same way, and I don't think anybody does. Well, can you tell us about some of your newest projects, the ones you're currently working on in development? Uh, right now I have a, uh, um, what I call an aspirational film uh, that I'm developing. It's, it's not quite faith-based, but it's more in the line of, uh, you know, um, Field of Dreams, uh, where there is a presence, but it's not actually faith-based. And it's uh, one of the best scripts I've ever read uh, by a gentleman named Travis Oates. And it's a phenomenal project, and um, we're now attracting both financing and uh, creative support and studio support. And I hope to get that going by uh, summer 2021. And uh, truly, it's it's uh, my pride and joy, and I hope it's going to be one of you know one of the best projects I've ever produced, if not the best. And ideally, every project we do subsequent to the last one should always be you know the best. And uh, that's what you aim for. Hey, Howard, uh, your relationship with people in the movie industry any different than the relationship with people outside of the movie industry? Uh, it always uh, is. I would have to say that uh, my closest friends uh, today um, are pretty much my closest friends because there's some kind of direct correlation uh, to working in the industry. And that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, anyone that I know and have a close relationship that's not in the industry, I've known them for many, many years before, you know, I got established in the the film community. Um, So uh, there is kind of a difference. I don't think I could uh, really make any new friends. you know, at this juncture of my life, if they weren't somehow uh, involved in the creative community, whether it's film, theater, or, uh, you know, or writing. You know what? One of the famous directors, Martin Scorsese, we all love him. He once said, if you don't get physically ill after seeing your first rough cut, then something is wrong. Do you relate to this statement? If so, how do you find yourself getting past this feeling to get your desired end result? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't always say that you would need to get physically sick. Uh, but my first or one of my first acting teachers uh, said that there should be a sense of uh, energy and trepidation, you know, when you're about to, you know, embark on a new project. And if you ever lose that energy or trepidation, it's time to hang it up, you know, like the moment before you walk on stage or the moment before, you know, the director yells action. If you don't feel that kind of electricity and energy and yeah, trepidation, I wouldn't say physically sick, but if you don't feel that energy, um, you probably shouldn't, you're probably in the wrong business. Wow. You know, um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you, you got to feel your passing and you, I mean, you, uh, and you know, so it's affect us a lot of different ways. So you're absolutely right. You know what? Um, you know, we, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back. And I want to delve a little bit deeper in, 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 in your new one of your newest projects, Heaven's Messenger. And uh, we're going to bring on Russ Emanuel. So um, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And wow, I tell you, I told you, it's a exciting show. Uh, and uh, we, we learning about the film industry, but... Um, uh, we got uh, another uh, guest that's uh, that's going to be joining us. His name is Howard Emanuel. Michelle, can yes. you uh, tell? I mean, Russ, Russ Emanuel. I'm sorry, Howard. I mean, <laughs> Howard Russ. Both of you guys are. <laughs> I mean, work together. Uh, Michelle, can you tell the uh, listening audience a little bit about uh, Russ? Yes, Mr. Russ Emanuel. Russ Emanuel is an award-winning American director, producer, and independent filmmaker, having directed such actors as John Hurd, William Devane, Robert Picardo, Vincent Pastore, Jeremy London, Ryan Hurst, and Marina Sirtis. He grew up in both Japan and the United States and graduated from USC to study cinema television. He founded Russell Productions in 2002 to promote his films, including Girl with Gun, 2005 and documentary Restoration of Paradise in 2014. Presently, American Whisper 2020 marks Emmanuel's fifth foray into feature filmmaking after directing Heaven's Messenger, Big Shots, The Legends of Nathia, and Ultraverse. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents director Russ Emanuel. Russ, how you doing? Welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing today? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Oh man, I'm I'm glad that uh, you took time to come on, man, because uh, we I, I want to hear uh, all about this Heaven's Messenger. You know, so uh, before we start, can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, yourself and and uh, this current film? Yeah. So you know, my um, I, I think you did my bio, and thank you for that. But yeah, I've been uh, making films since um, I guess 2002 or so, and you know, I made a film um, back it was like 2004 called Girl with Gun that you mentioned, um, and that one was the reason that I started working with Howard Howard Nash. Um, he saw that film, and thank you, Howard, for taking a liking to the film and you know, hiring me to uh, work on Heaven's Messenger. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely been uh, a very surreal ride. And uh, as a director, you know, um, I definitely have to work close, um, closely with my producer. So, you know, Howard and I have um, done this, what, five times, I think? So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a ride. <laughs> well, Heaven's Messenger has been noted as a faith-based film. Can you explain and what is the important message in this film? Uh, well, I guess it's uh, just, you know, just helping, you know, uh, the importance of helping others, you know, the other people. Um, and other than that, I just, you know, uh, tell people to just check out the film and you can, you know, uh, you know get your own message. Oh, okay. Well, in the filming and the creation of Heaven's Messenger from start to finish, what was the most difficult setback and how did you overcome it? Well, um, so when when I was uh, directing Heaven's Messenger, um, it, it was a 
literally my first time directing a feature film. And um, I had a very big star-studded cast that you already mentioned, including the uh, late John Hurd, um, Vincent Pastore, Holly Kid Eisenberg. And um, we had an investor who was going to show up on, I don't know, the first week or so of filming. And the efficiency of the sets for the first couple of days was was a little bit low. And the reason is we had a uh, first AD on the film, a very nice guy, but he just wasn't doing the job. And a, an AD is an assistant director whose job is to keep the film on track, basically, um, you know, uh, keeping the cast and the crew uh, on schedule. And unfortunately, um, I had to fire him. And I don't like doing that. And I remember I, you know, was, uh, I got crew members who were complaining about him. And I went up to Howard. I'm going, Howard, I, I'm sorry, but I think we have to fire the first AD. Um, because, you know, our, our investor was going to show up like the day after. And if we didn't show an efficient, uh, an efficiently run set, I don't think, you know, he would have been impressed. So we had to make that uh, decision. You know, uh, Russ Howard. I think we've got a caller on on the on the line, Joshua from uh, California. Are you still there? Hello. I'm, yeah, I'm still here. Hey. Uh, yeah. Do you have, so a, I have uh, a question? For, yeah, I have a question for both uh, Howard and Russ. Um, I'm actually, I'm yeah, I'm actually a uh, music student, and I actually compose uh, film like trailer songs. So my main question is, how could a music composer break into the film industry? How? <laughs> Was that directed for Russ or myself? Uh, I both, um, I believe. For both. Russ, do you want to take that one? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, well, you know, um, uh, uh, the way I found uh, my uh, composer of uh, Heaven's Messenger, his name was uh, Neil Argo. He unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but he, um, the way we found each other, I think, was through uh, a, a website called L- LA411.com. And this was back in 2003, maybe. Um, but that, that's the reason I was able to um, work with them. Um, our current composer, his name is Bacillus Molesis, um, we found, I think Howard and I found through Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we just listened to uh, samples, his samples, you know, a music sample. Um, and we're like, you know, this guy, yeah, we, we would love to work with him. So that that's how, you know, uh, we were able to, you know, interact with our composers. Uh, does that answer your question? It does, it does. I'm just trying to figure out uh, different ways so I can uh, just get my foot in the door in the film industry. Yeah, so I understand. Yeah, you know, Facebook is a great site. Uh, LA411.com, I think it's still in existence. Um, that's where I found uh, my, you know, my composer for uh, Heaven's Messenger. Okay, thank you. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. Russ, uh, I heard that uh, you had some unexplained phenomena on that film. What were they? Well, I think Howard could answer that question better than I can. <laughs> Howard? Tell me they, uh, please rephrase. I, I said I heard you guys had some um, unexplained uh, phenomena on that film. What were they? Oh. Yeah, I mean, just uh, some very interesting things. Uh, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the uh, paranormal nature of the movie. It's just that uh, we had some really uh, amazing actors on our set, in our cast, and they had kind of all worked together at one point uh, before the film, and they never mentioned it. They never told me. They never told uh, us. I think Russ caught wind of it, um, but I only found out later on uh, that um, uh, truly um, John Hurd, late John Hurd and Vincent Pastor, um, you know, were very critical components, characters in the story of The Sopranos, HBO's The Sopranos, uh, for uh, a couple of episodes, uh, both of their uh, characters, um, you know, connected and in a way that m- made a huge uh, impact on the uh, on the story and on the series. 
I never knew that. And they would come in every day. They would, you know, say hello to each other. Um, and I had no clue that these two great actors had a history. Um, it apparently seemed like the work was more important than, you know, reminiscing about what they did on The Sopranos. And even, you know, further than that, um, uh, Vincent Pastor and Hallie Eisenberg, uh, together they starred in those iconic Pepsi commercials of the 1990s where the little girl walks in, who is Hallie, um, asks for a Pepsi, and um, uh, Pastor gives her a, you know, a Coke, <laughs> and you hear the music from The Godfather, and she says, I still give Pepsi Cola, and you're giving me this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a huge hit, this commercial. Uh, I never knew that these two actors had a history. I think Russ caught wind of it because I, I later saw a picture of him holding a can of Pepsi next yeah. to Hallie Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I definitely caught wind of that. And uh, we put a little homage into one of the scenes for anybody watching the film. There is a Pepsi can in that scene. Of course, you can't see the full can, but it is there. So yes, I, I was aware. And uh, as for John Hurd and uh, Vincent Pastore, um, as a director, I'm, uh, I have headphones because I have to listen to the actors when they um, you know, give their lines, right? So I'm what's called lavaliered, um, you know, so I can hear them. And I heard John and Vincent during, um, you know, uh, some downtime and because they, they, all, they were also, they were lavaliered, right? So we can, I can hear their audio. And they were talking about how, how many times they both died on a TV show. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I think with John, you know, he died in The Sopranos, the Battlestar Galactica. And then Vinny, I think he also died in The Sopranos, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it was kind of amusing to just listen to them. And I'm sure they knew that I could hear them. Um, as a director, I, I def, you know, I do have the, you know, the, the headphones on. So that, <laughs> that is kind of an amusing anecdote, if you want one. I remember I'm both of them in the in the Sopranos, actually. Um, so both of you, what are the some of the lessons or takeaways that you you got from working on um, Heaven's Messenger? Oh wow! Yeah, I, I uh, it, it's. Um, Pretty much was consistent. I don't know how, how Russ, uh, you know, uh, can answer to that. Um, but, you know, it seems like in almost every film we've done, it's not virtually, yeah, every film. Uh, you work with a group of committed, uh, dedicated uh, artists and crew, uh, technical crew. And, you know, out of, you know, a 20 or 25, you know, people who are working on a film on every given time, there may be one or two that uh, completely you guessed wrong, you hired the wrong person. But I think when you have, um, you know, 23 people, you know, committed, you know, 24-7 thinking about it, working on the film, the one or two, you know, that just doesn't work out um, don't really have a, a major effect or impact. You notice it; it's there, but you, you know, at the end of the day, at the finish line, um, you know, you got yourself a great project. And the one or two, uh, you know, people that just didn't cut the uh, mustard, um, you know, didn't didn't really impact anything. Uh, it wasn't the end of the world. I don't know how Russ, uh, you know, uh, would figure, but that's been my takeaway. You know, wow. You know what? Uh, we are going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our discussions with Howard and Rush. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity 
community of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And wow, I tell you, Howard and Russ is uh, giving us a lesson. You know, and uh, uh, no, my producer, you know, uh, are you are you getting this one? I'm getting it, and I, I, you know, I, we have talked off the air, James. I absolutely love film. I have since I was a kid. So my question for both Russ and Howard, as you guys were growing up and kind of looking to get into the film industry, what were your inspirations? What filmmakers really pushed you to want to do this for a living? Russ, you want to take that first? Well, um, it, it, it's uh, it's funny that a, uh, a musician called into the show. Uh, my inspiration was the uh, legendary composer John Williams. Oh, that's great! And his music. Yes, that, that's the reason I'm making films. Um, specifically, uh, it was to uh, the Richard Donner's uh, uh, Superman, the score to that film. That's a great one. Yeah. And when I was um, like 16, I remember seeing Jurassic Park. Uh, in the movie theater. At this time, I was living in Japan, in Kobe, Japan. Um, so it came out like a year later. <laughs> That's just how it works there. So in 1992, I was watching this, uh, the film, and I remember um, seeing that sequence uh, in, in the helicopter at the beginning of the film, and uh, they're, they're um, you know uh, flying to Isla Nubar. And I, I remember seeing the acting, the cinematography, and then uh, John Williams, uh, listening to John Williams' score. And it just was so rousing, and I, I got goosebumps. It sounds um, like you and I are very similar. For me, you can have a great movie, but if the music isn't just right, just perfect, it really kind of brings it down. And John Williams was a master at perfecting that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would love to work with the maestro, but probably that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, it was always uh, my inspiration as a younger person. A uh, younger person really was all about the Godfather and watching uh, Francis Coppola in his uh, direction and uh, and the actors, uh, Al Pacino and um, later Robert De Niro. But they were the guys who inspired me. And, you know, I think they inspired like millions of people, you know, uh, in that generation who are, you know, now active today. Oh, yeah. Um, many ways, it's almost no equal, you know, in terms of interpreting, the, you know, uh, the script the way only he could. And uh, they said that, uh, or the critics say, it was the first uh, great film that combined independent filmmaking with the Hollywood studio uh, establishment. And it was probably the most perfect alliance of both um, that cinema ever, ever. Oh, sure. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, truly. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to uh, point out one other, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, unexplained, you know, paranormal uh, incident with um uh, uh, Heaven's Messenger. Uh, subsequently, uh, after the film was produced, I, uh, you know, applied to have it endorsed by the Dove Foundation. And Dove Foundation, basically, you know, the same people who make the soap, <laughs> have a foundation that give ratings to um, uh, fake-based films. And I submitted mine, and within about a week or two, I got back a response saying, 
this is unlike any film we've ever seen before. Uh, we we can't you know even explain how you know how this film you know uh, you know impacted us. But we cannot, we regret, we cannot give you an endorsement or a rating from the Dove Foundation because of certain scenes. And I wrote them an email the next day and I, I just said, please tell me, you know, I'll do anything. Just please tell me what can I do? What scenes do you want me to edit or, you know, refashion and I'll do it. Just please, please, I'll do anything. And the next day, I got a call from the um, uh, director of the Dove Foundation, and he said, after giving it some consideration and thought, uh, we've decided that we're going to give you uh, the, um, the endorsement and the Dove rating for your film. And I said, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm just glad that I, that I sent you that email. And uh, there was a pause, and the director said, what email? <laughs> and it turned out he hadn't checked his messages uh, that day. And uh, he never saw the email. He just called on his own accord to tell us that uh, they had a change of heart and they would give us the endorsement. So those are one of those unexplained uh, phenomena that, uh, you know, we're proud of and that, uh, you know, uh, impacted our film. Wow. You know, uh, that's that's a great message. And uh, I think we got a, a, a call on the line. Uh, Marlene from California. Yeah. You have a question for, for our guests? Yes, yes. Um, um, I understand you're a great producer. And I just want to ask you, what is your biggest challenge of being a producer? Because, you know, as a producer, you do wear a lot of hats and you're bringing everything together. Uh, what is your biggest challenge that you have to deal with? You know, the interesting thing is, um, it's an excellent question, is that the more you succeed and the more you progress, the more challenging things get. And you really think that you're being challenged, you know, in the beginning stages of putting together a movie. Um, but you don't know what the word challenging is until you actually succeed and you actually progress and you start dealing with I don't know, the powers that be and the politics that go into making a movie. And at every step of the way, you have to remind yourself, or at least I do, that I'm, I'm meeting these challenges now as a direct result of being successful in getting this uh, movie launched. And, uh, and it's a variety of things, but you know, the, the best answer is it, it comes when uh, you begin to succeed and make progress in mounting the uh the production that's when other people start getting involved you know rightfully because they have a right to investors executives whatever and uh, and that's what is the most challenging and if you weren't making progress you wouldn't hit those challenges or they wouldn't hit you uh they come mm -hmm. as a result your success you, you know uh howard getting back to uh, Heaven's, uh, you know, the movie oh. Heaven's Messenger. Is there anything our audience can do to help you get the word out on this great uh, film? Yeah, we would really be grateful. Uh, and, you know, we're going to follow up with an email uh, tomorrow uh, that, you know, specifies even further uh, how you can help our film. Uh, but right now, uh, you can see the film on Amazon, Heaven's Messenger on the Amazon Prime platform. You can see it on the Tubi TV platform as well. And upon seeing those, um, uh, the films on either of those two platforms, um, we would be grateful if you could rate our film on the Amazon Prime, uh, you know, page. You do not have to see the movie on Amazon in order to rate it. You can see it on anywhere and then go to the Amazon rating page. There are like four yellow stars. You just click on it, boom, there it is. And um, the interesting thing about, you know, movies in, uh, you know, 2021, it's not about how many people watch your film, although that's important, it's, but it's not really about how many people see your movie, but how many people actually engage with it. 
and read it and talk about it after they see it. And it can make the difference between uh, Amazon promoting your film and uh, putting it out there to the world uh, versus dropping it from their platform completely. And it's those two extremes are the reality that, that we have to deal with. So we would be grateful if people could uh, get on the Amazon page and rate our movie. You can write a review, um, but you don't even need to do that. Just when you see the film, just rate it, and um, we'd be grateful for that. Thank you. Well, well Howard and Russ, uh, how can I uh, listen to the audience to uh, get in touch with you guys if they will have more questions and uh, want to uh, do a follow-up? Uh, you know, so uh, how can they get in touch with you? You uh, absolutely get in touch with me for my Facebook page, Howard Nash, Russ Emanuel. Uh, hey, if our names are written the way we see it here, just jot it down. Um, uh, there aren't too many. <laughs> also, also LinkedIn, um, but you know Facebook. And uh, my email address uh, is Howard Nash twenty seven at Gmail. Uh, Howard.Nash27 at Gmail. You can get in touch, um, you know, and uh, I can also forward the information on the film, how to see it, how to watch it, and how to, uh, you know, rate it on uh, on Amazon Prime. Well, so, I, yeah. I would like to thank both of you guys for taking the time to come on the show. This has been such a great show. Uh, our listening audience is well educated, at least I am. I mean, uh, for getting information. So I would like to thank uh, Howard. I would like to thank Russ. I would like to thank my uh, co-host here and most importantly i would like to thank our listening audience for taking time to uh listen in today and hope that everybody's gonna have a wonderful weekend because uh they we just set it off but most importantly i i i want to uh always let the audience know and let the that we're looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you it's your life i'm james cool and i will see you monday have a wonderful 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 weekend enjoy yourself see you monday Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. Hugh Hewitt wants to see Congress work together. I want the President of the United States, this one and in the future, to get their nominees confirmed. They have a right to their team. I have a few senators with whom I'm on a friendly enough basis to send it out. And I said, hey, folks, you really ought to vote for Neera Tandon. Get together with a group, go out and declare amnesty. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 3, right before Mike Gallagher at 7, on FM 96.1 and AM 1170. The Answer. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.